we don't usually begin Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures this way, but I'm starting with these words. Andrew Lloyd Webber. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Andrew Lloyd Webber said that this song was the greatest love song ever written. And when he heard Celine Dion's version of it, which is It's All Coming Back to Me Now, written by Jim Steinman, he said, and this is in the late 90s, this will be the record of the millennium. Wow. Now, he didn't even go with the decade. He didn't go with the last 50 years. He didn't even go with a century. He went millennium. So sorry, Thomas Tallis. It looks like Celine Dion snuck in and became the greatest artist of the millennium. Wow. Those are big words from a big swinger there. High, high praise. And so we are doing Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Now, Jim Steinman wrote it, yep. and we've been waiting, wow, I think a year yeah. to do this. Yep. And there are so many different ways we can go with this, but we have to limit ourselves. Celine Dion is a Canadian... National treasure? Yeah, a, a goddess almost in terms of it's a mythical figure that arose out of Quebec in the 80s and English Canada finds out about it in the 90s and the world is taken over almost immediately. Yeah, well, I think the world had a had a taste of her early on because she won uh, she won Eurovision oh, in 88, right. right? Yeah, she did. How does someone from North America win Eurovision? That's a good question. It's got the rock voisin factor. They they slip them in through Paris. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to say about Celine Dion. And we have many, many episodes and many years to cover this. But I think today, we probably shouldn't dive too much into Celine Dion's history because the song itself uh, demands a lot of attention. There are power ballads, and then there's this song. In the history of power ballads, like when we think about it, we think about these 1980s guy rockers doing power ballads. Yeah. But Celine Dion comes in and when she sings this song, I feel like it's like some nuclear power ballad explosion. Everyone else is wiped out. She stands. Yeah. This song is bananas. Yeah. It's... uh, I. Won't lie and say that it's a goosebump song. It. I listen to it and I. I, I get all goosey and everything. It's. It is so good. And on top of this, I've been struggling with a cold for about three weeks. You can't even tell in your voice. At no, all. not at all. I, that's the uh, mochismo. No, uh, not that's not the word. It's uh, healthy uh, uh, juices that make this voice sound so natural. Oh, right gotcha. But. I had a fever last weekend that lasted from Saturday night to Tuesday morning. So not a good time. No. No. But I was working on this song. So on Saturday night before the fever hit, I was listening to 
the Celine Dion full seven and a half minute version. Mm-hmm. Then I listened to the Pandora's box seven and a half minute version. And that was the original version in 89, That's right. right. Yeah. And then I listened to Meatloaf's 2006 version. And I watched all the videos and then went to bed. And the fever hit. And I had these insane dreams that were connected to the music videos. Yep. And I heard three voices. It was Elaine Castleman from Pandora's Box. Yep. We had Meatloaf and Celine Dion. And all I just kept hearing this bizarre round of this song. <laughs> and they were troubled dreams. I was going to say, that that's a, that's a dream I wouldn't mind uh, just, uh, just staying in for a while. I was going to say I'd enjoy the dream if it wasn't for that Pandora's Box video. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that. We, that the, that's a little bit bonkers. Yeah, we have lots and lots to cover. Yeah. So where to begin? So the the version we're, we're focusing on, obviously, is the Celine Dion version, because that's the one uh, everyone knows and everyone loves. And as much as this is a Celine Dion song, and this was, a, like, this predates Titanic, right? That's right. So this pushes her out on the main stage even more so. And then she has Titanic, and then she's the, the biggest singer in the world. But uh, as much as this is a Celine Dion song, it's a Jim Steinman song. This is his crowning jewel, yeah, I would say. I would agree. Yep. So even though Meat Loaf is his usual collaborator, mm-hmm. I mean, he has the Bonnie Tyler version or the Bonnie Tyler song, which yeah. is its own thing too. But this culminates all his sort of pop opera ambitions. Yeah. It has a voice that is a, a once in a millennium voice as mm-hmm. sir andrew lloyd weber says <laughs> and you have the production and money is there for him to do what he wants yeah, yeah. so everything is coming together and and you're right with the with the uh, the pop opera like you listen to the song and the the one word i would use to to describe it is dramatic Oh, like, yeah. this is an incredibly dramatic song. But Steinman was a huge fan of uh, Wagner, like, uh, and, and his operas and everything. And so he, you, and it, it plays out with, like, all of his big hits as well, right? Like, and, and the, the imagery that he uses and, and, and all of that. I don't know a whole lot about opera or Wagner. Mostly I've, I've learned about it through, uh, through Bugs Bunny. <laughs> like the, uh, you know, killed a wabbit, yeah. killed that. Yeah, that's, that's my introduction to opera. It's really quite sad. Well, it's enough to know that Wagner comes at opera from a very particular worldview, which is unique, I think, in its time, is that he's more interested in myths that are non-Christian, so to speak. So, Norse mythology, Mm -hmm. his ring cycle is based outside of sort of Christian storytelling, whereas you'd have like, so for the ring thing, we think of Lord of the Rings, but Tolkien, of course, is placing that in a particular kind of context, but yeah. Wagner is out of it. So yeah. he has different values, let's say. Yeah. And so when Steinman comes into these songs, he's bringing something totally different than your yeah. typical American love story. Yeah. He likes something a bit darker and a bit more dangerous. He seems to love motorcycles. Oh, does he ever? <laughs> I mean, that is the understatement of the millennia. The millennia, yeah. <laughs> so... This song was written sometime in the 80s, maybe mid-80s. It comes out with Pandora's Box. Yeah. And um, 
And that was an all girl group that uh, that Steinman kind of put together, manufactured right. essentially, right? Yeah. So there was the one woman who sang on Bad Out of Health, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. She was one of the members. Do you have their names there? Yeah, it's uh, Elaine Caswell, Ellen Foley, uh, Gina Taylor, Deliria Wild. Yeah. So you have Elaine, F- is it Elaine Foley? Yeah, Foley worked on Bad Out of Hell. That's yeah, what, that's, and, uh, that's what Wikipedia is telling me. And Caswell is the one who sang this song. Mm-hmm. So he had brought them together because he had this vision of like, I think the Shangri-Las, is that a band? Shangri-Las? Yeah. yeah, so he had this vision of an all-girl group. He was also kind of a member in the liner notes. Yeah, yeah. And they released a kind of a, a video special on this where he talked about all the songs and he talks about this song, and he said that he had been reading Wuthering Heights. I have to read what he said, because it's pretty bonkers, because I read Wuthering Heights. He talked about his favorite part of the novel that's not usually in the movie versions, where Heathcliff digs up the body of Catherine and dances with her on the beach. Now, Wuthering Heights doesn't take place anywhere near water, so he's actually creating memories that aren't there from the book. Okay. Yeah. And then he says that he's really, really proud of the song, though, because it brings together these things he wanted to talk about, which is dead things coming to life and the dark side of love and its power to resurrect dead things. And he then he says he wanted to talk about how love can enslave and become something you're obsessed with, not just enchanted and happy with it. Yeah. So his vision of this song is to make something that has this element of darkness. Yeah. Now, I got to say, when people hear this song, I don't think they come away with that. No, no, not at all. What I love about that and and, and uh, Steinman's statements about the song, I love that this song is fan fiction for Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Like, yeah, this... <laughs> And, of course, people still talk about Wuthering Heights as this beautiful love story. Like, has anyone read Wuthering Heights? It's yeah. not a beautiful love story. <laughs> and I was even scrolling through YouTube, people saying, oh, I miss my partner who died so many years ago, and this was our song. I'm like, this was your Does anyone listen to lyrics anymore? Yeah, it's like no, people no. asking me when I brought friends to a uh, gospel concert. I said, yeah. do you think they'll sing Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen? Like, does, do you even, does anyone listen to the lyrics anymore? <laughs> so when I hear Celine Dion sing this, I don't hear that darkness. Yeah. And even though that could be a criticism, I can't because it's Celine Dion singing, she can do what she wants. Yeah. I've read uh, I've read a bunch of interviews as well and talking about the song and, and the context. And Simon meant it for to be like the toxic part of love. Like yeah. when, when, when you have such blinders on, that, uh, like, you know, it's like, I'm done, I'm through, I'm over. And then, you know, this person comes back and you're just like, ah, I guess I'm not completely done. Yeah. Is basically the Frank Pearson story. <laughs> Except in this song, when they, you know, maybe also in the Frank Pearson story, when they come together, it seems kind of tender, even though yeah. he's talking about this dark side. I'm like, well, yeah. Seems, I mean, we'll, we're going to work through the lyrics as best we can. Yeah. We don't have five hours, of <laughs> <Yeah>. course. <laughs> Also in the Frank Pearson story, they don't actually ever come back. <laughs> so, so they really are the yeah. sexy ghosts, yeah, but they're, se- they're just kind of apparitions.
before we go into the lyrics, just need to talk a bit about the players on the song. Yeah. Can we do that? Roy Batan's on grand piano. Not just piano, he's on grand piano. And Roy Batan, of course, is the piano player in the E Street Band. Yes. Yep. You have a whole bunch of key session players on here, too. I just want to get to the people who are doing background vocals. Yeah. Todd Rungrid. I know, right? Who produced Bad Out of Hell. Yeah. And who's, you know, a giant in his own right. Also, there's Eric Troyer, who is involved with the Electric Light Orchestra. And then a Canadian, Rory Dodd, who always works with Jim Steinman. Okay. But he's the male vocalist in Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then the other guys, uh, one was a member of Styx, Glenn Burtnick. And Kasim Sultan, the other background vocalist, was with a band called Utopia, a okay. song called Set Me Free. So, yeah, some big hitters for, for just background vocals, right? Yeah. So, we're already, I mean, Steinman's bringing in all these huge players. Somehow, I have a feeling that they all worked on Pandora's box. I, I have that feeling, too, yeah. This song comes with its fair share of controversy. Yeah, because there, there, there have been a, a bunch of reviews written. Actually, you know what? Th- this song did get a, a lot of love in mainstream Canadian uh, media. Yeah. Um, I think the Toronto Sun reviewer called it a uh, um, a meatloaf reject song. Yeah, which is a shock. I mean, Toronto Sun isn't no, the it's, most it's, reputed. It's not the, yeah, it's not the bastion of sort of like arts and, and yeah. whatnot in Canada. But the, the, the comment isn't uh, isn't necessarily untrue because Meatloaf thought he was going to sing this song. Yeah. It was uh, it was initially supposed to be on Bad Out of Hell 2, but then it was uh, Jim Steinman said, no, uh, let's replace it with uh, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. And just 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 sit on this, and it'll, it'll be in, on Bad Out of Hell three, which eventually it was mm-hmm. in two thousand and six. But then all of a sudden, because uh, Bad Out of Hell two came out in ninety three, yeah, and then two thousand or sorry, in ninety six, Celine Dion has this version. So Jim Steinman and uh, and Meatloaf uh, were at odds at that point. They were they were suing each other. Yeah, Meatloaf sued Jim Steinman to say he couldn't release the song because Meatloaf was supposed to release it. Yeah. I was surprised on that. And of course he lost. You can't sue the guy who already released that song anyways by yeah. Pandora's Box, which means Meatloaf could have recorded it because once someone else records it, you're allowed to yeah. do that, I think. Well, we're, we're going to talk about the law when we talk about the lyrics That's later right, right. on. That's so right. Why am I doing legal things? Yeah. But Jim Steinman was adamant that a female should be singing this song. Yeah. And I think he's right, I think. I agree. But once it's Celine Dion, it doesn't matter who it is. It's Celine Dion singing this song. Yeah, you can't think of anyone else that that really should be singing this. Yeah. And I think when Meatloaf tries to sing it, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there, there's the there's the force and the power that that's not there that Celine just has so much of in uh, this song, Unbelievable, right? yeah. And she still can sing it. I yeah. watched a video from just a few years ago. It's incredible. She can still do this. Yeah. And I can't remember where or when or how. And I banished every memory you and I had ever made. Let's start working through the song a bit. Can we do that? I mean, we can't work through the whole song. No. But the album version 
takes about 50 seconds before it really gets going into the the sort of over the top. I have written over, 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 over the top. Like when it just hits the flourish, flourish. Yeah. But similarly in the Bad Out of Hell 2 opener, it takes minutes before that starts. Yeah, yeah. And similarly, they're both kind of focused on motorcycles. It's it's more obvious in Bad Out of Hell. But this song has its motorcycle feels. Well, in in uh, and in all three videos, there's a motorcycle crash in them. Yeah, right. Is, so <laughs> yeah, that was a demand of Steinman on the other two. Yeah, and uh, by the time Meatloaf released his, they weren't really talking to each other. So Steinman didn't produce the third one. Yeah, better to hell. Okay, so um, yeah, wow, it just jumps right into those lyrics. Yeah. So, opening lyrics: There were nights when the wind was so cold. That my body froze in bed if I just listened to it right outside the window. Then there were days when the sun was so cruel that all the tears turned to dust. And I just knew my eyes were drying up forever. And then you get this little, uh, yeah, the background vocals. There were nights when the wind was so cold that my body froze in bed if I just listened to it right There were days when the sun was so cruel And all the tears turned to dust And I just knew my eyes were drying up forever I finished crying in the instant that you left And I can't remember where or when or how And I banished every memory uh, you and I had ever made So this is someone who's been hurt Yeah this is someone who is just like, I'm done. It's over. I've been hurt. There's no coming back. And this does have a Wuthering Heights feel to it, where the sort of love between them is almost hatred at times. Yeah. And even hearing you read these lyrics doesn't sound like the song, especially with, I finished crying in the instance that you left. And that's something that I don't feel people get in the song, that they realize this song about someone who stopped crying when the person left them. Yeah. But only when, you know, well, the next part kind of brings things up there. But talking about banishing memories and all this, like erasing someone from your memory. Yeah. And we do that when we had relationships that, you know, they're too painful to go back to. Mm-hmm. But then there are moments. I finished crying in the instant that you left. And I can't remember where. There are these senses that uh, we feel. I guess the term sensual would come out of that. Yeah. And that's what brings all these memories, which is the next part, which is pre-chorus, chorus? I think it's pre-chorus, I think. It's hard to tell with this song, but yeah. pre-chorus there, There's is, just so many words. There are. I know. This is why I looked at it like, oh, am I going to read all these? Yeah. But I mean, when you touch me like this and you hold me like that, I just have to admit that it's all coming back to me. And then it's the reverse. When I touch you like this and hold you like that, it's so hard to believe it's all coming back to me. Touch me like this And you hold me like that I just have to admit That it's all coming back to me When I touch you like this 
And then gospel feel. Yeah, yeah. It's all coming back. It's coming back to me now. Moments of gold, flashes of light, things I'd never do again, but then they'd always seemed right. This is classic time, and we're like, yeah. uh, we t- we talked. No, we're not talking about that. Are-, are we talking about that? Oh, okay. Then was that, in- was that what meatloaf wouldn't do for love? <laughs> I was thinking there were nights of endless pleasure. It was more than any laws allow. That's something I did not know the lyrics. Yeah, I know, right? They're like, what? Laws? What, what laws are they breaking? Jim, what is going on here? Well, I mean, I, th- I think we know what laws we're breaking if you watch the Pandora's Box version of oh, the video. My, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There are snakes involved, all sorts of sexy ghosts. Yeah. I don't know. It was bonkers. It is, yeah. We got, oh, there's so much to cover. Yeah. And then it leads to like, I think the part that everyone is on board with. We don't, I don't have to ask you what your favorite part is. Yeah. You don't have to ask me because there are two favorite parts. There's baby, baby, yeah. the first favorite part. And the second favorite part is baby, baby, baby. Yeah. Right. And then it just jumps into this. If I kiss you like this, and if you whisper like that, it was lost long ago, blah, blah. And it yeah. goes on, of course. I don't, I'm not going to sing the whole thing there, but it just brings everything back. The dead are back to life. There's that strength. You can get the sense of the wind blowing open windows. <laughs> windows of candles all over the place. I don't think Jim Steinman likes electricity on his videos because there's nothing but yeah. candles. Things are always on the verge of burning totally down. Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing that, uh, that uh, I just wanted to say. Like, I think in a classic Jim Steinman song, there has to be a, a portion of it where the singer had, like, you can tell that they're taking a giant breath just so that they can get through yeah. uh, some of the lines. Because, again, this is so, so dramatic, this song. Like, there's there are zero half measures. It's, like, the quiet is just, you know, it's quiet, it's still, it's yeah. calm. And then the, the big parts are just, like, huge and explosions. Yeah. And there's nothing in between. Yeah. Like, you go from zero to 100 and just, just like that, right? Yeah. I wish we could have more information about the recording of this with Celine Dion, like how she behaved, yeah. how they got along. We do know that with Elaine Caswell, she apparently passed out maybe four or five times. And one version that he talked about, she had a, like a nervous breakdown on like the yeah. 30th take or whatever. Yeah. And apparently he took the first one of the first two <laughs> takes. He's that's such a, a jerk. That's a jerk move. It is. And she had just oh. had a relationship ended yeah. before. So she barely made it through. Yeah. So she probably had to go to therapy after that recording session. Like I shouldn't laugh about that, yeah. but like my goodness, they just put her through the ringer. Yeah. 
But my feeling is when Celine came in, it's Celine Dion and she has her people with her. Renee, her husband, I imagine, is around. Yeah. And Jim doesn't get to play like that. I think he has to be on his best behavior. Yeah. And he better be because this is going to make him more money, maybe even than Meatloaf in terms of for one song. This is insane. Yeah. And I think uh, like also Celine's coming in, like she wasn't that huge, huge global star that she was after this song. And then after, obviously after the Titanic song, but she was still a big thing. Like this was her fourth English album, all sold very well and had had hits on them. And then, yeah, so like, it's not like there's, she's just some sort of like session musician coming in and just like, hey, I want you to front this group and I want you to do 87 takes of this in a day and you're going to cry. Yeah, no, then there's something about this, I guess, because there's an element of Jim Steinman's music and especially the stories around Pandora's box that feels like he's the type of guy I just don't know if I would totally trust and his sort of visions for things yeah would bother me but Celine has such power and strength here Celine does have so much power and strength that I think I think it'd be hard not to be intimidated by her. Oh, yeah. I don't think she's a she's a, an imposing figure in terms of like stature and, and size or anything like that. I, I, from what I understand, she's relatively like slight person. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, I think if she walks into a room, like she just owns the room. Yeah, she owns the whole building. Yeah. So if she were to come into Winchester. Yeah, she. I, the Winchester's not big enough for no. a talent like Celine. Yeah. Uh, now. After this, things get interesting in the song because the radio version cuts this whole verse out. I don't know how important it is to the song and if it really matters, these lyrics. But I'll just kind of run through them a little bit. Then there were those empty threats and hollow lies. And whenever you tried to hurt me, I just hurt you even worse and so much deeper. There were hours that just went on for days. When alone at last, we'd count up all the chances that were lost to us forever. Forever. <laughs> and then that, then it jumps into, but if you, but you were history with the slamming of the door, which is in the radio version as well. Yeah. And I made myself so strong again somehow, and I never wasted any of my time on you since then. And then it's back into that. Yeah. That uh, um, they're coming back together. And even though they're bad for each other. It's all yeah. coming back to them. All the good parts, right? Yeah. But you were history with the slamming of the door. And I made myself so strong again somehow. And I never wasted any of my time on using that. And I think maybe, the, I think the radio version's right. It is kind of repeating what went on in their earlier section. Yeah, yeah. Like, empty threats, hollow lies, okay. And then, like, just the notion of time feeling so long and things lost forever. Here's what I don't understand, though. If they're lost forever, but then she says, but if you touch me like this and kiss me like that, it comes back. Now, my question is, is it a real if because the person's dead, which is often how they talk about this song. Yeah. So Jim Steinman even does that. But as I listen to it, sometimes it seems like the person is alive because she returns it around and says, if you touch me like this. Yeah. And so it's that flip around. And then they talk about forgiving and forgetting. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so this sounds like a relationship that's back on. Mm-hmm. 
even though um, no one's dead. Yeah. Well, in, and in the video, in the videos, it's all about death. Yes. And because in, in each video, not only does it have a motorcycle, but it, each video has sexy ghosts in it. Yes. So especially in the Celine Dion one, there's like she's dancing and kissing and and whatnot with her sexy motorcycle ghost. So yeah, y- you think the song is about like loss and then remembrance and coming back and and re- and, and all that, but yeah. that's not the intent that Steinman wrote it with. Right. And with the Wuthering Heights, the one character's dead. Yeah. And the, so the yeah. I I th- I think I think it's uh you know it kind of changed its narrative a little bit yeah during the maybe during the writing or something like that yeah, i think so and i think he also doesn't care if it makes no sense. i don't think so either and we shouldn't care either no, <laughs> no 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 i don't care if this song makes sense or not all i care about is how i feel when i listen to it yeah how do you feel when you oh, listen to it? oh my goodness it's just it's so overwhelming it really is yeah there are a couple times when i was listening to the radio like driving home from work and everything and the one station the the song came on and like the volume went up and i'm and i was singing like loudly like my my throat was hurting from like trying to hit these notes and everything it's a song that like unabashedly i'm gonna say that i like this song yeah like there's there's no i'm not gonna skirt around it and i will definitely crank it up in the car and sing along with it as best i can yeah, and this gets to the heart of what a guilt-free pleasure is, because it's got to be something kind of bombastic, yeah. something that people might feel vaguely embarrassed, because the Toronto Sun will call it a cast-off, yeah. or people will snicker. I think the Toronto and... Sun should be embarrassed of themselves, but yeah. you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's just my hot take. Yeah. <laughs> but with a guilt-free pleasure, it's like, no, you're going to turn this up, yeah. and ideally, by the time this episode is over... And listeners realize that there's at least two other people think this is awesome. Yeah. That even if three people were in the car, yeah. like your kids who think they're too cool for school, you turn it up and you sing it loud. Yeah, exactly. And you put the windows down so everyone on the street knows that you are singing out loud while your kids are hiding their faces. And the, and the scenario that's playing out in my mind is the song's playing, I have a carload of people, and I start singing along with it and everyone's kind of rolling their eyes. But then... That uh, not that first baby, baby, but that that second one's baby, 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 and like that's when everyone joins in because that's that part of the song that everyone knows and will be able to just like belt out. That is the part that wins the millennium. Yeah, as, as far as if you're going to put this out and make an argument for yep. that, the 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 baby times three. Yeah. Is insane. And it is timed so well in the video, obviously. Oh my goodness. That's the scene when she's throwing open these these massive doors and running down a hall in, in this uh in this gown and everything. And it's it's just so perfect. Is that the scene where all the pictures in the hall have are memories or is that no, later? That's no, later. Okay. no, that right. uh, it's we'll get uh, to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to figure out why Celine Dion is is so beloved, so beloved, so 
Beloved. Beloveded. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. And I wonder if it's her French Canadian accent combined with how she sings. It could be, yeah. Because that makes it very different than so many other things. So she has a kind of precise way of singing, and you know she has an accent. Yeah. But there's also something so unique about it and endearing. Mm -hmm. And then combined with these powerhouse vocals, and this song is one of the great examples of this, where you know she's French-Canadian. It just has this, um, I don't know, she has a way of turning a phrase that's different. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can you can pick up on it when you're not getting swept up with with all the emotion, which is really tough to do yeah. with this song. But you, you you can hear the accent sort of peek through in certain times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, the last uh, French-Canadian singer we did, uh, Rock Voisin, he doesn't have that French-Canadian accent. Right. Yeah. So you can't pick up on it. In, in the song, but you you can hear it here and now like thinking back on on other Celine Dion songs, you can kind of yeah, it, it's it's almost something maybe it's something exotic to the rest of the world. Yeah, I think that would be it, right? And then for us in English Canada, I feel like there was a there was a bit of ambivalence about it in the nineties. Yeah. I felt like in this typical Canada, we weren't ready to totally embrace her. Yeah. But we were also teenagers, so it's hard to kind of get a sense of it. Mm-hmm. But by the time she's on Rosie O'Donnell and they're praising her and, and everyone in the States loves her and suddenly all around the world she did, yeah. she became beyond kind of Canada and this yeah. sort of international superstar. It's almost like we were late to our own party. As usual. Yeah. <laughs> but it is something to think that possibly the most significant singer of the last 30 years is coming out of a kind of small town east of Montreal. Yeah, which is, you know, let's celebrate that a little bit, Canada, right? Yeah. Or Quebec even, right? Oh, yeah. Do, should we talk about the the three versions? You want to talk about the video first? How do we do this? Well, let's let's talk about Pandora's box version a little yeah. bit and then and then Meatloaf and then then we'll we'll jump into the videos if that makes sense, yeah. right? So, the Pandora's box version uh, musically, I think it's exactly the same. Almost so identical that, oh wait, I just doubled up on myself. Almost so identical that it seems identical. <laughs> I think Jim Steinman actually used the same... The same tracks, right? Isn't that plagiarism? Can you plagiarize yourself? I don't know. Apparently they tell you that at university when they give you F on a paper you use twice. Yeah, well, that's the university's problems for, you know, giving us too much work to do. Yeah. There were those empty threats and hollow lies And whenever you tried to hurt me I just hurt you even worse and so much deeper There were hours that just went on for days When alone at last we count up all the chances That were lost to us forever The Pandora's Box version, it's not bad. It's pretty good. But it's its just lacking that power. It's its lacking that clean, just yeah. like Celine voice. And I think initially he thought it would be another Bonnie Tyler type of song. Yeah. Right? That's how he sold it to Caswell. But in the end, I have written here in my notes. The more bombastic the vocal, the better when it comes to Jim Steinman. And only Celine can pull the sword from the stone. So... <laughs> 
this is unfortunately the case where if Celine Dion does it, you're forever going to be in that shadow. And the truth is, the Pandora's Box version didn't do anything. It only got released in England. I don't think it even reached the charts, from what I know. Yeah, it only reached number 51 in the UK. Right, so no top 40. Yeah. It was dead on arrival in a sense. He got into a fight with a record company, so nothing got released really in the States. Okay, yeah. So it was already done. And then he just resurrected it, just like the themes of this song. Yeah. (laughs) With Celine Dion. And she's the one who wanted to do the song, right? So her people came to him. Yeah. And she liked it so much that she, of course, put this as her opening track on the album. Yeah. And it opened her album with a seven and a half minute song, which, which is, is crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a brave move. When you have this song to do it, like, I'm sorry, this song would be 20 minutes long and I don't think it'd be long enough. Oh, if the baby, 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 they needed a baby times four. Or I know. <laughs> Just keep up, upping the babies. Now the Pandora's box version, what makes it so significant is the bonkers video oh, that yeah. went with it. And so it's, the, I'll have a link to it. It's, um, you might need to have safe search off <laughs> because, I mean, the, the, there's a vision about it and the amount of money it costs was yeah, insane. That's right. There's numbers that were put out there that I couldn't even believe. When you see the quality of the video, yeah, it looks very much like a... It looked like an S&M video. Yeah, or, there's like a softcore element to yeah. it. And it was There's cheap Python. <laughs> yeah, it and it, but it had that sort of cheap video feel. Like yeah. I, I'm unless it's just not remastered well and I can't tell. But like the the basic idea is a woman gets into this motorcycle crash in a crypt or a cemetery. And so the motorcycle is still trapped up in the air and she's lying on her back on a tombstone. Yeah. And the motorcycle's on fire. Yeah. And then above the motorcycle are these sort of like um, gargoyle people. And then there's these visions of a, um, you'd almost, I don't even know what you'd call it. They're like, they're not quite guardian angels because they're dressed up in leather gear with spikes. And so it's kind of like an orgy-esque scene yeah it's not a video you want to watch with your parents in the room no i don't think you want to watch with anyone in the room you might not want to watch it it's just so weird and it's like uh there's some consent issues i think because she's (laughs) just like do they know these people are they allowed to do this and it's supposed to be the sense is that she's caught between the world of the dead and the world of the living yeah i'm not sure if these people dressed in bondage gear are trying to help her go back to living or to the to the dead. Allegedly, those uh, those people were from the London production of Cats. Exactly. So I think they were just excited to dress up as something that wasn't a cat. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. How bad can it be? So instead of dressing up as a cat, you now have to dress up like you're one of the guys in Demolition. From <laughs> w- <laughs> just as a side note, the guys in Demolition, I just assume, were like these real dangerous guys who look like they're in a biker gang. But then I'm like, wait a sec, they're in bondage gear so what like i don't know wwf i don't know what you're thinking jim steinman i don't know what you're thinking either (laughs) what why you thought this was hot it's just weird and in the video we just don't know i think she survives yeah uh, the the, uh the sort of synopsis that i had refers to it a woman's near-death experience so from a motorcycle yeah and i'm not so sure about that paramedics mouth to mouth looked a bit, bit more of a uh 
deep to kiss. mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bit more Top Gun than ER. Well, apparently uh, the tongue is very oxygen rich. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> that brings us to the video for Celine Dion and it turns out Jim Steinman was basically calling the shots from afar so they had this Nigel Dick who's like pretty famous yeah um, video director he directed Wonderwall by Oasis Mm -hmm. Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears Welcome to the Jungle Guns N' Roses these are all videos he's done yeah and then they have Jim Steinman saying well there's gonna be a motorcycle crash at the beginning yeah and it's gonna be in this castle and there's going to be a fire and they're, they're going to be making out and so the director is like he really should have just done this yeah so i don't have my phd in motorcycle crashes but but so in in, in the opening of the video this guy takes off on his on his motorcycle it's raining a tree gets hit by lightning and it falls across the road so he kind of skids out on on the on the motorcycle and lays it down as the uh, motorcycle crowd would say and then he slides into the tree and there's immediately this massive explosion yeah it's like i'm not sure that's how that happens but like sure okay so and then at that point celine's lover becomes a sexy ghost and this is what you've been wanting to talk about well yeah i mean there's um because it's celine sort of wistfully singing about this this person even though the 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 verses are very i'm over you i'm done like you know this wasn't good and everything and then it's all coming back to her now so in the chorus is this is when the sexy ghost comes up and they're kissing they're dancing but it's basically celine just running around this mansion which is powered by candles then they apparently the time of the year, there's only about four hours a night. So oh. they had to like work super fast. Oh. She was running across gravel. Oh, really? Yeah. And so they said the next morning uh, when they met up with her to get ready for to do the video shoot because they did it over a few days. Yeah. He looked at her feet and they're covered in Band-Aids. And he said, why are there Band-Aids all over your feet? She goes, oh, the gravel was hurting them. But I didn't want to tell you because I wanted to go, you know, I wanted to keep things going. So for all this talk about Celine Dion being this giant diva... She just goes for it. Oh, she's a trooper. She's totally a trooper. Yeah. So, yeah, they filmed it over like a really quick amount of days, but it was done in Prague. And it's, um, I mean, I guess this was a one of the castles of the royalty, but they, it all got like kind of cleared out because of the communists or something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but they, there's like a real fire going on in the room. There's kind of an intense-ish sort of scene for a Celine Dion video. Yeah, yeah. And the, the guy almost looks like a force ghost. Is he kind of blue? Well, he has he has a glow about him, right? Yeah. So, yeah. There's not a whole lot to say. But again, that one scene when when it's the baby, baby, and she throws open the, the, the doors, doors yeah. and run, like holds her, holds her dress up so she's not tripping over and is just running down yeah. that hallway. Yeah. Just like this scene should be in every single video ever. I don't care if it makes sense or yeah. not. Um, the meatloaf version is pretty close. He's in a castle-ish or yep. mansion. He's missing his his uh, lover. Lover. So tough to say that. I word. know, right? But yeah, missing we're, his we're grown up. Yeah. We can say lover, yeah. right? He's missing his lover, and they're singing the song to each mm-hmm. other. 
I think well, she's she died in motorcycle. Yeah, car. she's the sexy ghost in that. Right. One. So she's as yeah, and um, it's not hard to see that this could all be connected to. I would do anything for love, but I oh, won't yeah. do that. Like yeah, it yeah. feels like it could be part of the same story. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, well, I think we've covered the videos. Mm -hmm. We are moving into category territory. We're getting there, yeah. Now, as far as Hallmark movies, it's kind of unnecessary because there are three different movies. Even one is only to be shown after midnight. Okay. That would be the Pandora's box version. Oh, oh, you're talking about the actual videos. Yeah, the videos are like movies in themselves, I think. Uh, Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. There is a movie coming out in 2023 called It's All Coming Back to Me. Oh, wow. Is which features the song and Celine Dion is in the cast list. I don't know if she's actually acting in it or, or not, but the synopsis is a young woman uh, tries to ease the pain of her fiance's death by sending romantic texts to his old cell phone number. And forms a connection with the person who got that new number who is going through a similar oh, situation. This is like that movie with David Duchovny where his Red wife... Red Diaries? N- no, <laughs> but it should be with this song. His <laughs> wife uh, dies and they, uh, they donate her organs. And the woman who gets her heart ends up being someone he goes on a blind date with and they fall in love. And he has to somehow reconcile the fact that she has her his wife's heart. Really? Which means... She Are you sure that wasn't heart. an episode of The X-Files? It seems like it. Yeah. It's, it's called uh, Remember Me or something like that. I don't think I've seen that one. It was a good movie. Well, uh, I think it's obvious that I haven't yeah, yeah. seen that one. Yeah, I think so. So now we have a cell phone connection. Yeah. So I thought we'd be going into like sexy ghost territory, but this is like a almost rom-com? I don't think it's supposed to be a rom-com. Oh, okay. But the original title was uh, called Text for You. Wow, that's a horrible title. I know, right? Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So um, I've read a I read an article about it, and apparently the song plays fairly heavily in, in the movie. All right. Well, I guess we'll be featuring it when it comes out. Yeah. Okay. Well, there goes our Hallmark movie category. It's already been done. It's already being done. Yeah. I think February tenth, twenty twenty three. This isn't a plug necessarily for the movie, yeah. but everybody go see the movie just so you can hear the song in the movie. That's right. We should and we look for the big boosts in our uh, downloads. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, mixtape. Mixtape. So I went with a, a particular direction. What direction did you go with? I went with songs that have the same anthemic feel. Okay. Like over the top. It needed to be something that was a bit larger than life. I guess that is over the top. And powerhouse vocals. I went the exact same direction as you, but I, I cut out... Any Meatloaf, Jim Steinman, or Celine Dion song. Wow. Okay. All right. So I'm going to let you go first because I usually steal half of your songs. Okay. So I did put in I Would Do Anything for Love by Meatloaf. Okay. Although, I mean, I do like the idea of not putting it in. So I'm open to cutting it. I have... The music of the night 
playing this while we're driving to dinner tonight. Yeah. Ashley's like, why are you playing that song? I'm like, You're gonna I'm play doing it now, research. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, it's a very particular version. I want the Colm Wilkinson version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because he's the one who played uh, in the Toronto Phantom of yes. the Opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is over, over, over the top. Yeah. Close your eyes and surrender to your darkest dreams. But your thoughts of the life you knew before Close your eyes, let your spirit start to soar So I went similar direction uh, very, very similar. Uh, what I called very dramatic songs. Okay. So there's lows, there's highs. Again, there's over the top lyrics and 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 vocals and everything. And basically, it's any song that kind of gives me goosebumps. So one that we've already done, I'll always be there. Rock Voisin. Good one. Hero by Mariah Carey. There we go. Yeah. On bended knee, boys to men. Glory of love, Peter Cetera. Yes. When I'm back on my feet again, Michael Bolton. Wow, it's just like a greatest guilt-free hits. I know. And we close it all off with You Raise Me Up, Josh Groban. Oh, yes. There we go. David Foster yes. produced. And those are much gentler versions than the darkness of love that Jim Steinman likes to breathe. Yeah, it. yeah. It was dramatic songs because I, I know you're you're not a huge fan of Hero by, by Mariah Carey just because the vocal gymnastics and oh everything. Oh my goodness, but, uh, yeah. That's the tough it's one for such me. a dramatic song. That song is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we get, well, I'm sure we'll be revisiting that sooner than later, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be, that's a good mixtape. I think we put together a really, a really good mixtape. I have another thing I wanted to ask about. If it wasn't Celine Dion, who could have done it then? This is my question. So I have a list of names. Unless you have one off the top of your head, I thought maybe we'd go through these names if you wanted to. Uh, So who could do it in mid-90s? Mid-90s and possibly pull this off. Meatloaf could. I don't think Meatloaf could. Even though I I just don't think he... It worked with his vocal. Yeah, I think... think he he could do it, but I it would be lacking. Yeah. It, w- it wouldn't be wouldn't be as uh, again as as powerful as this. So you need someone with a with a powerful voice. So the the two that jump into my head right off the hop are Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. I have those written down. Okay, yeah. and I think they could have possibly done it. I don't know if Whitney Houston is able to go to the dark place. Yeah, I don't think Celine can go to the dark place, but somehow I buy into it. Can Mariah go to dark places? I think that she can. Listen to her first album. Yeah, yeah. Like Vision a, of Love. Vision of Love, yeah. Okay. All right. I got some names here. Christina Aguilera. Okay. She has a powerful voice. Yeah. She's pretty young, and yeah. so it would be a bit more disturbing. Yeah. But <laughs> but she could have. Um, all right. A bit of a curveball here. Bette Midler. No. Okay. That I wasn't such so. okay. That was a ball then. Was like, yeah, that was a that was a balk. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna argue for somebody. Okay, whose name we haven't brought up before on the podcast, 
But I was listening to this singer today. I'm like, I think I'm hitting the years of my life where I'm a fan. Billy Joel, yeah. Barbara Streisand. Oh, okay. I think Barbara Streisand think, could do yeah, this. I think so too. And she did do a Meatloaf song in the mid 80s. Okay. And she also told Meatloaf she wouldn't sing certain lyrics because of her <laughs> feminist leanings. And he kind of like did the air quotes when he's complaining about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, of course all right, Barbara Streisand, you know what? You're just, you're all right in my books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think Streisand could have pulled this off. Yeah. All right. I think Michael Bolton could have pulled this off. I think so too. So I think that like Michael Bolton, this is peak Bolton era. Yeah. He could have followed up, said I loved you, but I lied with this song. Yeah. And I think he, he'd have another decade have, of yeah. superiority. <laughs> maybe maybe not the song of the millennia. Yeah. But it would be it'd be up there. What happens if Dolly Parton does this song? Uh, can you do a country version of this? I don't know, but I I just was thinking because she Whitney Houston did her song. What yeah. if Dolly Parton does? And Dolly has a like she does have this distinct like, and she does have a very very powerful voice. Yeah, too, right. She could vibrato this to, to yeah. Kingdom Come. That's true. Yeah, but her songs tend to go to heaven. Yeah, but as Jim Steinman prefers, they go bad to girls hell. everywhere. Bad girls go everywhere. You remember that? Good girls go to heaven. Bad girls go everywhere. No, it's brutal. Oh, he's just like that's his. Jim Steinman. Jim Steinman. Madonna couldn't do this. No. 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 Sorry, Madonna. Yeah. She doesn't have the chops. Um, okay. One other thing. I don't know if I got to mention. I just want to bring that up. Is that when they interviewed the director of the Celine Dion video. Yeah. He talked about Jim Steinman. He goes, listen, I have a one-dimensional view of the guy. I never met him. Yeah. Because they, they were just dealing over the phone, yeah. right? Yeah. But he said he has this vision of how he wants things to be and i feel the director nailed it he said for want of a better term he said he's into bodice ripping imagery for his stuff yeah and then he said he's got this strange obsession with bikers yeah but he dresses like a biker's worst nightmare he said <laughs> which okay. he's covered in both uh all these these studs he'd say and and he said he he actually Unlike Jim Steinman, he actually rode a motorcycle yeah. around London when he was a courier. And he said, you'd put a leather jacket on and then hopefully a bunch of waterproof things. And that's what you would do on a motorcycle. Well, Jim Steinman's version of it is this mythical motorcycle. Yeah. And so this song, whenever you hear that electric guitar, it is the mythical motorcycle moving yeah. through it. Oh, okay. And that's why you see it in the videos. And, and it's always his sort of vision of what rock and roll and love is and he talked about in this video i watched he talked about motorcycles getting together and making motorcycle babies and i think that might describe his music yeah. to a t somehow yeah. that it strangely that makes sense <laughs> I think we're on the same page when it comes to favorite part. Yeah. But is there anything else about the song that that uh, really catches your ear? Or I, in terms of lyrics? I, I'd, I think I have to say at the very, very, very end, mm -hmm. it's Celine Dion just whispering. Oh, yeah. And it's so drawn out, the ending, where I'm like, after the baby baby, like, oh, it's over. Oh, this is still going. And it's still going to go for another minute. Yeah. And she just slowly, finally 
finishes yeah. the song. <laughs> like, okay, I feel like you're like, that creepy. <laughs> I, no, was it? I think the line is, and you touch me like this. Yeah. <laughs> and I have this feeling of everyone waiting as she S's her way to the end. Yeah. And so that's memorable to me. I don't think I like it. I want it to end more on a high note or a powerful note. But this is the ending we we're given. Yeah. If you do it like this, it's all coming back to me now. And if we So for me it's a well obviously it's that deep breath that baby 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 and then yeah. she launches back into the uh, if you touch me like this and that's that that's my favorite part but and and you you alluded to it earlier but there's every now and again there's just a little guitar rip and yeah. you just hear it and i just love how it just sort of sort of sits there in the background you don't yeah. know it's there until you hear it once now every time that it happens you, you hear it and in the pandora's box version there's a whole guitar solo part yeah that feels like it wants to go metal yeah and yeah. so i had this feeling that he might have been trying to do that with celine dion and just like no yeah no. <laughs> he wanted to do that, but Celine was just like, dead eye. No, 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 no. I like to think that Celine Dion ended up calling, like she played along, but then was able to just stop him when she wanted to. Yeah. My version of the story. Hopefully that happens in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great if there's a Jim Steinman character just all dressed in leather with... with um, <laughs> like studs on yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. And just he just comes in like something out of Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine where you could dance to this song, or how you could dance to this I, song. I think I think it was I, it was probably used at a ton of weddings, but just yeah. like, but it doesn't make sense yeah. as a wedding song, right? And it doesn't make sense. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. No, but that that's what's so beautiful about it. It doesn't make sense. What time of the year would you? Oh, this is a fall song. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, red wine song, I would suppose. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely candles. Yeah. And I don't think Jim Steinman likes electricity. Would you play this song in your mixtape on the first date? Oh. I think no, that's... No, I, I think... You'd have to do it ironically, which we're not about anyways. No, I don't understand irony. No. You'd want to be very careful when you play this song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Question for you. Canadian divas. Yeah. Shania Twain, Celine Dion in the 90s. Who was bigger? Who's bigger? I think Celine Dion. Yeah, I think so by a long shot, actually. Yeah. Like, But it's interesting that both are having resurgences, I think. I mean, Shania's having a big resurgence right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not fair to say. I don't think Celine Dion's ever gone away. No, she. I mean, she was playing in Vegas for for right. years, right? And so, and Shania had a Vegas show, I think, That's too. right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it had me thinking about the two of them. But Celine had, like, all these albums, yeah. And all these hits. Yeah. And Shania had the two big albums. But she had so many hits off of them, too. That's right? right. So she was able to pack them all in there, where Celine Dion has this longer career. Yeah. And I feel that she was able to tap into markets that went generations. Yeah. We have a Mount Rushmore we sometimes talk about. Yeah. We Have we ever talked about Celine Dion being on the Mount Rushmore? 
I don't think so, no. I think she well, she's, has to be now. Well, definitely on our Canadian Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I mean, if you think through some of her other tunes, uh, oh, where does my heart beat now? The, f- the first, that first oh, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, we got things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't considered her as on a, a Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. but the argument of this song would be, I don't know who could beat this song in a one-on-one. But she also has the biggest selling song of all time. The Titanic The one. Titanic song, yeah. My Heart Will Go On. Yeah. So how can she not be on any Mount Rushmore? So we need to make sure she's on our Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Okay. I think so. She's in the universal millennial yeah. Mount Rushmore. She has a spot in the Guilt-Free Pleasures uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. So we'll in, we'll invite her to the induction ceremony. She'll be inducted after we've inducted ourselves. I think. Well, we we were the first ones. Oh, right, right. We're already in. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot to talk about with Celine when we uh, when we hit up our next Celine Dion uh, episode. There's just so much to talk about the song and the versions and yeah. and Jim Steinman and oh my goodness. Like and there's so much more we still could talk about. Like you have pages of notes that we barely even uh, uh, touched. I'll put them up on the show notes. You're going to take pictures of it? No, maybe on Instagram. Yeah, okay. This has been quite a journey into one of the ultimate songs of the millennium and i'm feeling pretty exhausted yeah this was definitely a, a big effort for a big song just to, just so everyone all of our listeners are clear bill and i have been going at uh, this podcast for over a year and you know there have been some struggles with uh, with some of the episodes it just you know it doesn't come as naturally as they should all the time but i feel after this it's so hard to resist and it's all coming back to me now. 